The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, everybody. It is... Not only one mailbag, John Breach. We're doing two mailbags because uh, by the time you listen to this, we might be in Nashville, Tennessee, home of John Breach and Jason Whitlock and Clay Travis. And who else lives in Nashville, Breach? Uh, Tommy. Tommy Lauren. Is that her name? Tommy Lauren, I think is how you pronounce her name. So, yeah, it's a whole crew. Everyone's uh, here. We're all going to be in Nashville, so got some mailbags for you. It's me, Ryan Wilson, John Breach, like I said. Will Brinson is driving Robbie around, uh, which it's is fun. the... Which is the uh, yeah they know it's his son. Which is well, his. I mean it, it's Brenton, so he could just be driving around some random guy named Robbie, or Robbie, his son, who's eight, could be driving him around. I mean True. it's it's I'm the okay. uh, his go to excuse. Brenton thinks so little of us that he doesn't come up with new excuses. It's just uh, Robbie related. Anyway, we got two mailbacks for you. This is mailbag one. Come back tomorrow, or if it's already in the future, just go continue to scroll on your uh, podcast feed of choice for mailbag two. But for now, we're doing mailbag. One breach. You want to get us started? Mailbag, mailbag. Oh, got two because it's a mailbag. Uh, one and two. Mailbag Tuesday. It's a double header. There you go. Joseph Wager asks. He should what? be a gambling know, editor right? or get a column. Wager. Too bad his uh his parents' last name aren't uh Joseph Brain Surgeon because he'd probably make a lot more money. Uh Joseph Wager asks, with how weak the NFC is looking, Green Bay, no wide receivers, Tampa Bay issues, LA Stafford arm issues. What is your favorite long shot bet to win the NFC? This is a good question because we've talked for months now how the NFC doesn't feel nearly as deep as the AFC. And um, you know, Joseph Wager mentioned some of those teams on the NFC side, the AFC side where it could be just a, a mess from start to finish. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Colts, even Tennessee, if you want to throw them in there, than every team in the AFC West. NFC side, I mean, is a long shot a team like the Cowboys, even though they're favored to win that division, or are you going to go in another direction, Breach? Uh, I think we have to play the odds here to determine long shot. So I think we need to make long shot either something greater than 10 to 1 or 15 to 1. Which one do you think? Do you have the odds in front of you? I do have the odds in front of what me. What is the 10 to 1? Tell me, give me some 10 to 1 teams, and I'll tell you if that needs to be longer. The Cowboys are 9 to 1. The 49ers are 7 to 1. And then Packers and Rams are 5 to 1. And then the Buccaneers are plus 325. All right, let's start at 15 to 1, and we'll see if that's too extreme. All right. If we are going for teams greater than 15 to 1 long shots, uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings. They are 16 to 1. And I just think that. that I, even they were good last year. I thought they were good last year, and I think they can be even better this year. I mean, you look at that team, and what they do? They went they went eight and nine last year, and they had all of those one score losses. They just kept happening. I mean, Greg Joseph missed a chip shot field goal in week two against the Cardinals. 
Uh, and if he doesn't miss that, boom, they're nine and eight against it, the Bengals. The Bengals in week one, if Dalvin Cook doesn't fumble in overtime, Vikings maybe win that game. So you flip two of those games. And so this is literally when they talk about football being. I blame uh, both those losses on Kirk Cousins, by the way, but go ahead. Is, I mean, it's fair. You can blame a lot on Kirk Cousins. Mike Zimmer blamed everything on Kirk Cousins. <laughs> uh, but if you're talking about a game of inches, the Vikings were that team last year, except they came up short on all of those inches. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they go eight and nine, one and uh, seven, eight. Eight of those nine losses were by one score. And so if you know what's funny? Just, you talk about the the one score losses. They won one more game than Atlanta Falcons, which we talked about all last season about all the close uh, one score wins they had. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are probably four or five wins better than last year's Falcons team, but they're uh, right next to each other in the state. Right. If the Vikings had just gone four and four in those one score games in those eight losses, they're they're a twelve and five team. I mean, that's insane that we're talking about that. So, you know, when you have that many one score losses, I think it kind of falls on the coaching staff because uh, if it's one or two, it's kind of a luck thing, luck of the draw. But when you're talking about eight, uh, that's a problem. And so now they have a new coach in there. I think their offense is going to be better. I like the Vikings kind of a dark horse at 16 to one. I think that qualifies as a long shot. Uh, as Eric Casillas likes to say, this feels like Lucy in the football with Charlie Brown. Like you keep <laughs> sort of trying to prop up the Vikings and, I don't want to blame well, Kirk two years ago. I, I I took a year off the Vikings last year. I mean, it, the general national consensus seems to oh, be okay, okay. this is the year, sort of like the Browns in the in the AFC. What are the odds for the Philadelphia Eagles? Because I might go in that direction if they're long enough. The Eagles are not uh, qualified as long shot. They are eleven to one. Oh, eleven to one. Jeez, so you, you just missed there. Uh, what about the Saints? The Saints. Do qualify like the Vikings? They are sixteen to one. And did you mention the Cardinals already? Uh, the Cardinals do not qualify. They are fourteen to one. I like the Saints better than the Cardinals. Now, obviously, this is contingent on Jameis returning to the form that we saw last year before the ACL injury. He has a foot injury. I don't know if he he probably won't play in this preseason game. Uh, when you listen to this, the preseason game will have already taken place. So uh, I don't think there's any reason to rush him out there. But they, Michael Thomas is back. Alvin Kamara is back. They have to sort out the left tackle position. They drafted Trevor Penning. They have Chris Olave. Uh, the defense is going to be good, and the division is not very good. And how concerned are you with Tom Brady taking off the next 10 days before he returns? Is that a problem for you, or are you okay with that? Well, me and Brinson mentioned that you've just gone and cursed the entire team. I mean, you've spent the entire offseason saying that the Buccaneers are going to regress this year. They're not going to be as good as they were, and key things just keep happening. They lose offensive linemen. Allie Marpet retires. Tom Brady's taking two weeks off in the middle of training camp. Brian I mean, Jensen gets hurt, and the backup Robert Hainsey goes down with an injury. It's your fault, Wilson. You've literally cursed this team, and I do think it's a concern. I, look, Tom Brady is awesome. Tom Brady can do whatever Tom Brady wants, but it's still, uh, you know, this is a guy who has practiced what he's preached for 20 years, and that's you need to be at practice. You need to be making your team better. You need to be building this chemistry, and that's something that's not going to be happening with him. Uh, for the next 10 days minimum. It could be even more than that. We don't know how long it's going to go. Todd Bowles uh, sounded 95% sure that Brady would be back by week one, but there was like that 5%. Uh, yeah, no, actually, no. And we don't uh, know the details of his uh, leave of absence, right? No, just it's been cited as personal reasons. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's a concern. And uh, for all the issues you laid out there, both concerning Tom Brady and concerning the rest of that team and how the roster's constructed, uh, and due in part to injuries. Um, would you sign Antonio Brown now that he's opening the opening act for Jesus at Red Rocks? 
Uh, yeah, who wouldn't want Jesus' opening act? What a great tweet, by the way. Um, sure, he stole a meme that somebody else made up on the internet, but the fact that he tweeted it out is hilarious. Yeah. You know what? It's funny you pick the Saints, because I think if I had to pick another team, I like the Carolina Panthers as a super, to, super to do long what? shot. I, I don't know. Something. Get the playoffs. <laughs> no, we're talking about this guy. Old Joseph Wager here asked for a long shot. The Panthers are 65 to 1, so I'm going super long shot. One super long shot. Holy crap. All right, let's do super long shot. So the Panthers, the Giants, the Lions, I'm not even going to put the Bears in there, and the Seahawks. Of that, yeah, we're going to get any team over fifty to one will count as a super long shot. Okay, I, I think of that fifty to one group, I might like the Lions a little better than Carolina. Ooh. Um, I trust, don't trust. I, I think the team trusts Dan Campbell more than Carolina might trust Matt Rule, who who's clearly in the hot seat, but maybe he's thinking about college. He's had struggles his first two years. The quarterback situation perhaps is settled now with Baker, but. Baker left on rocky terms in Cleveland, and I think Jared Goff looked good in preseason training camp anyway. Um, and I think that roster might be a little better. Like, yeah, I mean, I, the Lions could be good. There's no doubt about it. And all they have to do is get to the playoffs because this guy wanted to know who's can win the NFC. They don't have to win the division. They've got to sneak into the playoffs, and then uh, anything can happen. And real quick, my argument for the Panthers, that look, you look at what Baker Mayfield did when he got to the playoffs in 2020 with the Browns. He had a strong running game with uh, Nick Chubb back there, and Boom. He didn't have to do everything, and they had a pretty good defense. What does he have in Carolina? If, Christian, McC- if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, it's they improve their offensive line, which was horrible. They got Austin Corbett, Bradley Bozeman, and their defense is Icky pretty- Don't forget about him. Uh, yeah, Icky Aquanu. There's They have three new starters who are all upgrades over what they had last year. And then you throw in a defense that was already pretty good, but it was just always playing on its heels because the offense was so bad. <laughs> uh, and like you said, you have mentioned – the Tom Brady thing, the NFC South is in flux. We're all expecting the Buccaneers to win it, but if there's one team that could slip, it does feel like it's Tampa Bay. Would you think about moving Sam Darnold to tight end? Um, no, I would. I would change him to right guard of the water <laughs> bottle. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice save there. All right, thank you, Joseph Wager. Hopefully, uh, your name lives up to expectations. Uh, based on the advice we've given you, I do not have high hopes. All right, next up. Josh Alvarez asks, with all the rain delays and bad weather games, why do teams not want to build domes, roofs on their stadiums? Well, I'm just going to spitball here, Breach, and then you can fill in the blanks with (laughs) where the truth actually lies. (laughs) But uh, taxpayers typically pay for these stadiums, and sometimes that's a hard sell, especially if you built a stadium within the last 20 years. Um, The sort of the, the the lobbying angle for why you should build a stadium is that it brings jobs and, and people to a certain area. I think the, Economic research says that that isn't necessarily the case. There may be exceptions. Um, that would be my biggest takeaway. My other takeaway is, and we're so far advanced technolo- technologically, is that you don't have to play on artificial turf now, even if you play in a dome. Maybe you're doing a dome, but not with um, with a roof, because we know that um, Arizona has grass on their stadium, which is an open and closed stadium. The Falcons, however, can open their roof, but they think they have turf. And I, I hate turf because of the injury concerns. And that's the only reason I mentioned that. But uh, Breach, where did I make up stuff and where was I close to telling the truth? 
Well, I think with the rain delays, you know, that's more of a baseball thing. You don't really see football games get delayed by rain unless there's lightning near the stadium. Yeah, then Green Bay had one. Oh, no, it wasn't even – it was a soccer game where the, the two international teams played in, in, in Lambeau Field. The Hall of Fame game last week also delayed. Oh, it was? Okay. Weather. I, didn't, I didn't watch that clearly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just putting you on the spot there, Wilson. Um, and so I think your first point is a key one is that it, this isn't the owner writing a check to put a roof on a stadium is that taxpayers are going to have to foot the bill and it costs a lot of money to put a roof on a stadium. So that's part of it. And then I think that some teams like having, they feel like it's a home field advantage. I think the Buffalo bills are a great example. They probably could have tried to finagle their way to get a roof on their stadium in Buffalo, their new one that's going to be built, but they said, no, we want to play outdoors in January and make these teams come to Buffalo and freeze. And then we're going to beat them 47 to three. So uh, I, I think there's a home field advantage part of it, a cost part of it. And, but you know what? I do think every baseball team should have a retractable roof. I hate, I hate rain, rain outs and postponements. That stuff shouldn't happen. Yeah. I, I don't watch baseball. I haven't watched baseball closely and probably you didn't watch the field years. of dreams game. Wilson, what is wrong with you? Do the enclosed stadiums, are they still doing AstroTurf? Are they able to have like um, grass? Like, they, do the infields look like they used to look uh, on the old Riverfront Stadium, or with like the patches of of dirt? Or are they like a conventional infield? Ryan, I barely know what turf they use in NFL stadiums. You think I know what they use in Major League Baseball stadiums? No, they definitely do not look like uh, Riverfront Stadium. Those old stadiums, what was basically concrete with. But the infield is all right. dirt all the way around. It's not like little squares of dirt around the bases. Yeah, I don't know. Some of them. Some all stadiums are different. All right, listen to the the baseball podcast for for the answers to those questions. That's I think that's what we're telling you. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, uh, there's your hopefully that answer. That is an answer, Josh. I don't know if it's the answer you're looking for, uh, but I think Breach is right. Like the the, the bad weather is typically uh, rain and it's a mosh pit, but it's not lightning or it's snow. And everyone loves a snow game, I think, unless you're the Tennessee Titans when you lose fifty five to nothing to the, the uh, to the Patriots back in the day. Uh, otherwise, it's it's fun. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, next up, at Jake T. Hamilton. Ooh. He asks, how much hot water would you say Brandon Staley is in? And this is an interesting question because I was talking to someone at Bill's training camp that that thought that perhaps, I was there Monday and we were just talking about coaches, that perhaps maybe if things don't go well this year, Staley could be out. But uh, Jake T. Hamilton continues, if the Chargers continue to middle with so much continue to middle with so much roster talent, I think it means to continue to be average. Would LA try to switch to a more conventional coach? Thanks. And the name that came up, Breach, what name do you think that came up? If you could have any coach in the world uh, who would be available a year from now, who do you think that, who do you think might be the top? Sean coach? Payton. Sean Payton. 
because Sean Payton would have a quarterback, <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks on planet Earth, and Justin Herbert, a really good defense, a lot of playmakers. So one of the issues, and I remember must have been late last season, maybe early in the spring, I, I was um, talking to BMAC and, and Brady Quinn on, on HQ and asked, would you want to play for Brandon Staley? And BMAC said no with all the going forward on fourth down stuff. It was too much for him, and Brady actually said yeah. So I think there's a, a difference of opinion there when you talk to, depending on who you talk to, about the the aggressiveness with which Brandon Staley goes for it. But I don't think it was Brandon Staley's fault that they tied that game last year and didn't miss the play. I didn't make the playoffs. I can't remember the specifics, although they did call a timeout. Maybe the timeout didn't help. So where are you at on on Brandon Staley going in? He's only going into the second year. I like what he did last year, um, but was a, a, a too much of trying to be cute for your liking, and let's say they go nine, eight, and one, or nine and eight, excuse me. Uh, would you be interested in Sean Payton? Well, I, I think that the, you made a couple interesting points. Uh, we'll start with Sean Payton. Number one, there was literally a report uh, that Sean Payton wa- wants to coach either the Cowboys, the Chargers, Ooh. or one other team. I can't remember, um, but the Chargers the bang- were the one of them. So that are the Dolphins. So Payton, Payton basically leaked out Payton's camp. Linked out that, yeah, if I return, I'd love to coach the Cowboys, Chargers, or Dolphins. So all of a sudden, if you're the uh, coach for one of those three teams, there's a lot more. There's already pressure on you. Now there's even more pressure because Sean Payton wants your job. And Mm. so that adds a layer here because if you're the Chargers, you have built this pretty impressive roster. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think you blame Staley last year. It's his first season as a coach. He had a winning record. They had a shot at the playoffs. Uh, in their final game, if they would have beaten the Raiders. Um, so you're not going to grill them too much for that. But if they don't make the playoffs this year and Sean Payton's available, I do think the front office would at least think about it. But if you take Sean Payton out of the equation, let's say the Cowboys hire him in January, so he's not available. I don't think there's any way Staley loses his job after two years. So I, I think the Chargers will give him at least three years. Uh, so if he misses the playoffs in 2022, They'll give him 2023. If he misses again, then they say, all right, you know what? Your style was good, but we're not winning and we're moving on. And the one thing I will say is I think BMAC makes an interesting point with uh, not wanting to play for Staley because that is kind of the part that gets left out in all these analytical decisions is there's a psychological aspect when you're the Chargers and you go for from your own 19 yard line on fourth down <laughs> against the Raiders and you miss it. That is that, that's a psychological blow to especially everybody. if you play defense like BMAC did. The defense has to go out there and say, all right, well, we already gave up three points. No matter how well we play this series, we could get three sacks for five yards apiece. They're still kicking a field goal. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely a psychological aspect to crazy analytical decisions like that that can't be factored in because there's no way to measure uh, the momentum and the psychological part of that. And, and so listening to an ex-player say that, is fascinating because, you know, the Chargers, of course, aren't going to throw their coach under the bus. Justin Herbert's like, yeah, we're, we love going fourth down because the coach has faith in us. Uh, but if you're the defense and you see them failing the fourth downs, you're just like, what the hell is going Maybe on? Maybe that's a, a good distinction. BMAC played defense, Brady played offense, and Brady's like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to throw the ball one more time, whereas BMAC's like, well, if this doesn't work out, you understand that we're responsible for not letting them score, and if it's at the 19-yard line, that becomes much more problematic. All right, yeah, I, I'm sort of with you. I think Brandon, I like Brandon Staley. I like his aggressiveness. Uh, again, I'm not playing defense, but um, they got to go to the playoffs. And this year, I'd like them to win the division, but they can't charge it up. And as, as you as you noted consistently last year, you can't win the MVP unless you win the division. So Justin Herbert, 
get her done, as uh, Mater says in Cars. Get her done. All right. Next up. At Stub67 asks, yes or no? Any fan that holds a poster requesting shirt, ball, stick, et cetera, should be banned from watching sport. And I think they actually used a legal term that I had to look up real quick, but thankfully not. I removed it. And the legal term means without any future date being designated as for resumption. Sign die. I thought that was like German, but I think it's like legal. But I think that the takeaway is uh, I think there should be a, a caveat here. Any adult especially if you are trying to resell this on eBay or wherever to, to shops that, um, you know, where you can buy baseball card collectors. Um, cause I, again, I was at training camp on Monday in Buffalo and it is sort of a weird thing to see guys who are my age and they're middle-aged men wearing their team's favorite shirt and, and like clamoring to yell and screaming for autographs for the, the backup long snapper. That said, I'm trying to think, like, I don't know who I would like to meet, like, who's someone outside of football that I would I would really love to meet. Who would I like to meet, Breach, that's famous? Rick Flair. I did meet him, and that, that's a great point, because I was actually pretty excited when I saw him in the hotel lobby at the Atlanta Super Bowl to the point where I, I wasn't going to say anything. You're like, why don't you say something? You've been a huge Ric Flair fan since you were in sixth grade, which is true. So I did and got a picture with him. So th- that's... That's I had to coax point. you into doing it, but yeah. that's that's the point where you're an adult and you're saying, "No, I can't do this. I'm an adult now. This isn't <laughs> the kid in me wants to get this picture, but I'm an adult man right now. I can't go up to this other adult man and ask him for a picture." And I, that's how most people, I think, probably think. Now, a couple caveats. Again, I mentioned if you're a collector and you're just doing it to make money, that's a no. no sorry, if you're a kid, I have no issue with it. Knock yourself out, even if you're a teenager, by all means. Um, if you're doing it for your kid, like if you were acting like a crazy person breach with, with your Joe Burrow shirt on just to get a, a an autograph for your for your daughter, no issue there. Um, and also if you maybe these guys have jobs they don't like and this is their sort of respite from real life and, and they love cheering for their favorite football player, I get that to a degree, but but I, I understand what sub sixty seven is saying. I wouldn't ban them from watching the sport or uh, with with uh, with no chance of, of resuming their their love for football. But um, I get it. I get it on some level. But I, as long as you're not harassing the player, I guess it's okay. And as um, long as you're not knocking kids over to try and get right. this autograph. Like and George Costanza running out of the birthday party when there's a fire. Don't do that. Um, but but I, I take the. I take the spirit of what you're asking, but I'm okay with it. And there also needs to be an age rule. I feel like anyone under 16 is allowed to hold up anything they want to get yeah. signed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but if you saw this on social media on Thursday night, Friday morning, there was fan appreciation night, whatever it's called in Carolina, and two fans are about to go to blows. And DJ Moore had to go into the stands and break up the fight. Like, don't be that guy either. Don't be the guy, uh, middle-aged man, about to fight with another middle-aged man, forcing... Uh, someone in their in their mid twenties to come up there and tell you to quit acting like a bunch of babies. So, How hilarious is it that DJ Moore was just randomly sitting by that fight and then broke it up? Like what? I know it's crazy. Um, Can you imagine being forced to tell that story? You're like, yeah, I was so drunk, I almost got in a fight with another Panthers fan, and people are just like, what, what? were they arguing? Like, what are Panthers fans arguing about? Do you think? Uh, whether Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy? 
One guy's like, no way. And the other guy's like, did you see him his rookie year? He's staying healthy. I know it. The only Panthers fans that should be fighting are Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Everyone else should be realistic about the prospects of how this thing's going to unfold. Um, yeah, so shout out to DJ Moore. And uh, yeah, be a fan. Fan short for fanatic. So be fanatical. Just don't be annoying. Don't knock little kids over. And don't say stupid things to grown men who play sports for a living because that makes you makes you look bad, not them. All right. Thank you for that stuff, 6-7. I get the spirit of what you're saying, but I'm, I think I'm a little... A little less annoyed than you are. That's okay. Next up, David A. Gutierrez asks, if you could have any job in the NFL, backup quarterback, NFL commissioner, Bengals kicker, Steelers head coach, what would it be and why? I would not be NFL commissioner, even though last time I checked, Roger Goodell, as the new owner of the, the Broncos called Goodall. him, makes $45 million a year. Would you want to be the commissioner, Breach, at $45 million per? Yes. You would put up with the BS for 340 days a year. We'll give you 12 days off. There's nothing to put up with. You just look at your paycheck every week. You're like, yeah, oh, it wasn't a bad week. There's my $45 million a year. You're getting paid almost a million dollars a week, Wilson. You wouldn't take a job for a million dollars a week just to be a public punching bag. Public beat, yeah, public punching bag. By the way, I got the math on the 365 days of the year. So uh, you get a you get an extra few days off. No, I because mentally it'll wear you down. Like you, like every single day, some ordinary old billionaire is calling you on the phone and just ripping you a new one for 35 minutes about how you're not doing enough to, to support. Yeah, I mean, like, but you're just so well compensated. You get, you get to live an excellent lifestyle. Like the presidency is something that beats people down. You, you look at a picture before someone is elected and then after they're elected, no matter who it is they're they've aged like 30 years. Roger Goodell looks like he's aged four days since he took over. That, that is a fantastic point. And don't forget at the draft, the, the, the COVID draft, where he was sitting in his basement in a T-shirt. Eating bul- M&M's. Bulging biceps with that medium T-shirt on. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good I point. I can vacation wherever he wants. We only see him like 10 times a year. So, okay. yes, so yes, he takes a public beat down uh, those 10 times that we see him and all that. But like, but he's getting it every day because the owners are calling and they're right, right, right. Them. Okay, so generational wealth if you're the NFL commissioner, or would you rather be Chase Daniel, who's been a career backup and has made, I'll look it up real quick, tons of money doing literally nothing. Other well, than I just his- want to say real quick, I do think Roger Goodell's actually very good at his job. Yeah, fair enough. And but Goodell it, it did com- not pay me to say that. It comes with a cost. Yes. So Or Chase Daniel, yes, I got Chase you. Daniel has made $41 million in his career. How many career starts does Chase Daniel have? See, I would not want to be Chase Daniel because he has really just been lucky. Because if you're the backup quarterback, yeah, you can pick. You might have to be. go in the game, though, Ryan. What happens if the quarterback goes down? You have to go in the game. He'll be prepared. <laughs> this guy played behind Drew Brees for most of his career. Drew Brees never, rarely got injured till the latter parts of his career. Uh, and Chase Daniel, I think, yeah, I'm looking it up now. He has five starts since. I was going to ask you to guess. So yeah, he's been at least since 2010. Five starts. Five amazing. starts. Less than a half a start. $8 million a start. I would rather be Chase Daniel than Roger Goodell. No one knows who you are when you go outside the house. You can, you know, Roger Goodell can go to the restaurant and if someone's mad at him about uh, like a Cowboys fan or a Patriots fan, they can go up there and just rip him a new one. I'm sure he has security with him, but you still have to listen to that. Chase Daniel can go to Applebee's, sit at the bar. Is Applebee's no the one bar? knows there's a millionaire sitting at their bar. Right. And he's just pounding whatever the Applebee's apps are called. Um, Let's see what else we got. We got a uh, Bengals kicker, Steelers head coach. Well, the Bengals kicker and Steelers head coach both come with a lot of pressure. Any p- kicker in the NFL, like backup long snapper, I'd be okay with, but they don't carry one of those. That's typically a, a position player. 
I think um, punter is probably the the other le- the 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 next less stressful position. Um, kicker's a lot of stress. Long snapper, I think, has more stress than punter. What do you think about that breach? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have a pressure on every single snap, and although there's pressure on punters, it's not as much as uh, a, a kicker or uh, long snapper. I would say if any person in the world thought they could be an NFL player, their best shot would be a punter. And, and you know, no random person could do that and they would never make a team. But <laughs> your best shot would be, if you're a random person who trained for a year to make it in the NFL, your best shot would likely be as a punter. I think that's right. That's right. I mean, if you're 5'11", 185, and have some athletic ability, you can probably... Um, learn to kick a football 40 yards after a year's worth of training and probably farther than that, especially if you're, you know, age 20 to 35 or whatever. Um, but if you're that, those same height, weight, speed measurements, and you're trying to play linebacker or quarterback or kicker, even, uh, maybe even long snapper and holder, I think you would be, uh, much farther down the development ladder than you would be as a punter. So snapper, high stress holder. We don't talk about enough high stress, Kicker, high stress, punter might be your your entree. You do not want to be a holder. That said, I would still take Chase Daniel because the holder, snapper, punter, kicker, unless you're Justin Tucker or um, you're not making any money. Chris Boswell are not getting paid. Forty-one million dollars for Chase Daniel for five starts in 11, 11 or twelve seasons. Yeah, straight. but this the question says, uh, what would your job be? And it doesn't say who would you be. You're not being Chase Daniel. So you would want to be a backup quarterback for the who? Uh, Chargers. I'm trying you don't to think, Justin Herbert will get hurt, will, will ever get hurt. I I suppose the Buccaneers is probably the safest bet because Tom Brady typically. I mean, not right now. Not right now. Patrick Mahomes has gotten hurt. We've seen some of Chad Henney. Like, can you imagine Ryan Wilson? If you're the backup quarterback for the Chargers, you're playing in the preseason Saturday night, and you're taking all the snaps because they're not putting Justin Herbert in there. Five, five, ten, forty nine years old. So you're getting beat up for three preseason games, uh, and then you get to earn your paychecks in the regular season. That's part of the deal here. Could you handle that? Can I, uh, Nada says he wants me to back up for the Bills or the Chiefs. <laughs> Those guys get hurt. That's my only concern. Like, um, Case Keenum is a backup in Buffalo. I know that because um, I saw him the other day. He's like my height. And then, oh, look who it is. Speaking of Chase Daniels, it's the, it's the backup <laughs> po- podcast. <laughs> oh, how we doing? No, don't bring it. I thought you were just gonna show up for the Tuesday podcast. <laughs> we're literally on the last question, and Brinson shows up to oh, end the Monday. He was end the there. Monday show. Well, it's been great to see you guys. Have a fantastic weekend. <laughs> yeah, so uh that's it for the podcast. Uh it is quite fitting that Brinson just rolls in at the very end. Uh how is it possible, Breach, that Brinson is becoming more and more Brinson like by being less and less reliable? How is Brentoning not in the dictionary yet? I'm going to write a letter to Webster's and, and get this taken care of. I love you going to write a letter. Not fair to um, you know what? You know what my friends call Brentoning? <sighs> I can't only is imagine. Is it like Captain Morgan when you put your hand up on the, put your <laughs> leg up on the stool? No, it's, um, it's if you send, if somebody sends a, uh, like a, something to the text thread that, that was like, like a, like a link or a tweet or something that was sent like an hour ago. <laughs> oh yeah. It's called Brentoning. That, we've experienced that as well. Sure. All right, before we go, Breach, because we have one more of these things to do, unless you're Brinson, in which is case you have one. Is the fun one or is the next one the fun one? I was here. I was here. This was the fun one. We wanted Ow. to say All right, Breach, before you go, one last question. What is – give me two positives about Brinson, because I'm trying to – the more he talks, the more I'm wondering why we're friends with him. That's, that's uh, He has great hair. 
Yeah, but I mean, so does. That doesn't benefit you, though. Yeah, so does Tom Cruise. He ain't friends. Wait, with what? Us. What are two benefits? Two things that benefit us? No, he's saying two positives of like being around me. Yeah, being a friend with Brunson because I'm trying. I'm, I'm coming up short. Um, my yeah, favorite. Well, okay, I got you a job. First of all, your current job. I got you your current job. You were. <laughs> Go ahead. That's he's cool. fun, fun to socialize with. That is true. Okay. Always, always has good stories. So that's part of yeah, the socializing always. aspect. Okay, most of the time. Okay. All right, those are good. All right, well, well that's that's it for the mailbag one. We'll be back for mailbag two. But he, and he also doesn't mind if we blame everything on him because he just he's the Teflon guy. It just bounces off him, so it doesn't matter. True. He does not care. He I, leans I do, into. I do, I do take a lot for the team. He's our fall guy. Chris Carter says everyone needs a fall guy. Brinson is the fall guy, except he doesn't Carter. actually fall. Chris Carter did say that. Hey, hey Breach, do you? Um, yeah, I'm a light. Yeah, Jesse Clark points in the chat. I'm a lightning rod for roast. That's true. Um, yeah, but uh, as I said, capital of uh, Thailand is. It's coming up. You'll find out in Nashville. And wait, and Victor Garcia says Brinson is your classic gambling degenerate friend. Also true. All right. Well, good. I'm glad that I've he... made so much money fading Brinson that I am practically. <laughs> there you go. Free polos. Yeah. Free polos. <laughs> hey, you once got a big uh, uh, box of meat because of me. Box of meat. You're getting some. You're getting some free. Uh, got some free Uggs because of you. Got a, you Uggs one time. But that a shot of like, a forty forty dollar bourbon. But that sounds like we're taking advantage of Brinson, and he's paying to be our friends. So that is not exactly what I was looking. It, it just, it just, you, know, you, you. It's a called. Uh, it's called um, ancillary benefits to being around me. All right. Well, thankfully Brinson's here, and if you're going to listen to mailbag number two, you'll get to hear him in the entirety. So. Brinson, thank you for joining us on your podcast once again. Breach, thank you for your insight as always, and we'll catch you guys on the flip of the flop. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.